What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy, and my god, people, we are one day out from Comic Palooza. It's going to be tomorrow, Friday, May 26th, 27th, and 28th, because it goes Saturday, Sunday, too. And I cannot tell you how it, well, I mean, I can tell you, that's the whole idea of the podcast, is to tell you things, but I, I just, what is that fucker doing? Holy shit. Sorry, I am recording while driving, and I just watched someone swerve into oncoming traffic, my lane specifically, to pass a car on the left side, so he crossed double yellow lines to pass... Wow. Just wow. But you know where you're safe from idiot drivers? Comic Palooza! Houston, Texas! <laughs> <laughs> at the George R. Brown Convention Center, downtown Houston, Texas, which is right next to beautiful Discovery Green, Minute Maid Park, to Toyota Center, uh, the Dynamo Stadiums. Even like, there's tons of sports stadium. There's tons of park. There's tons of restaurants. All kinds of great things. One of my favorite places to eat down there is a place called Biggio's. It's kind of it's a sports bar, but it's really great. It has like upgraded concession stand type food. Like there's barbecue and like burgers hot dogs it's one of my favorite places to eat because i love watching sports and they have huge screens over there they got a two-story wall uh with like three or two projector screens that are showing games and stuff i don't know if the astros would be in town this weekend if they are i might even try to swing a bit of a game uh as as well as hit the convention scene too i don't know i just it's like i'm there for the weekend let's let's do it all you know and you can do that there which is a blast and like i i would love for everyone to grab tickets go to comic palooza see me on the main floor on saturday at 3 p.m so that's uh, may 27th at 3 p.m i'll be on the convention floor doing a live podcast and interacting with you guys and having a lot of fun with that uh so we'll so come out and see that but hey i get it you know not everyone just has the spare income to uh buy tickets to a convention and then spend all the kind of money but you know what you can do what is also great is if you're just in the area there's tons of things going on outside of the convention that you can still enjoy and be a part of there'll be food trucks outside uh, people are usually doing some types of shows normally they have either like an ice sculptor or a wood sculptor uh, doing some kind of cool nerdy shit like you know sculpting out nerdy shit cosplayers everywhere there'll be cool cars that people are showing off it's like tokyo drift but you know in the incredible deadly sweaty summer of houston uh but there's tons of things so you don't even have to go into the convention to be a part of the convention which is like one of my favorite things about comic palooza it's just so massive it's impossible to contain also what's really great too is all the different like bars and other kind of stuff in the area are typically involved some way or another because they know their clientele they know what the clientele is going to be that weekend and so if you love nerd shit you love drinking there's tons of things in the area i know i'm planning on hitting up cidercade uh, which is just a couple of blocks away from the convention center where it's uh you like pay 10 or 15 dollars. i think it's 10 dollars 
for a day and you can go in play all the games you want all tons of arcade games ranging from like way back to like 60s era or like 70s era to like current games now and it's unlimited play you can buy drinks there it's a blast dude and i can't wait to do that this weekend so yeah that's comic palooza and just downtown houston texas this weekend please come out please say hi or just swing by you know and it'll be a ton of fun but that's it for uh, comic palooza news let's talk a little bit about what we got going on today i got no nifty nerd news other than my own nerd news and then we're going to talk about i finally watched a movie that's been out for a while but it finally hit streaming services because you know me i don't typically go out to watch movies in theaters anymore one it's just i think covid has ruined that for me and every time i hear someone cough i can't help but you know cringe a little and get a little like uh oh <laughs> some pearl clutching going on right there but um also, I realize, you know, you don't need to go out to enjoy these things. And sometimes I actually really enjoy the comfort of my own home watching movies and stuff. I mean, hell, I got a nice, like, theater system. Well, not theater, but, you know, I got a really nice TV and a sound bar. Like, why not use it? I pay the money for that, so why not use it? And then, of course, we'll talk. I got some comic stuff, too, that I wanted to talk about this week. So, uh, let's take a short break so I can catch my breath and take a drink and then we'll get into just what I've been digesting myself with or what I what what have I been diving into that's a better word than digest well I mean I have been digesting content but what have I been getting into this week all right guys so in this short break I just had another final destination moment I'm driving out to work on the back country roads and a fucking crop duster, like, I mean, I, I know it's like safe and I know he knows what he's doing. Cause I mean, I live in this area, I see crop dusters all the time. They're like small airplanes fly over crops to spray pesticides and other cleaning things on top of them. But like his route that he was taking to turn around to hit back on the crops, took him like right over the road and the field is right next to the road. So he's low. Low enough where I'm staring at him and realizing like his nose is lining up to the front of my vehicle. And I'm like, this motherfucker is going to lose it and just kill me immediately. Like <laughs> I'm going to be in a head on collision with an airplane. How do you explain that to God? <laughs> what? How drunk were you when you were driving? No, it, not my fault. I swear to God. But yeah, man, swerving, swerving vehicles, crazy planes, last day of school. It's it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting into things that I've been doing. Let's talk about the comic books that I've been reading this week before we get into the movie and, oh, video game news, our video game stuff that I've been d diving into. So over in comic books, of course, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know I do all my reading on Marvel Unlimited. So it's a f not a free service. It's a like a subscription service uh, electronic comic book site where... They're a few months behind, so if you want to be caught up with the current comics that are coming out, like right now, right this moment, this is not the podcast for you. I do all my reading with Marvel Unlimited, which I think is fair. You know, it gives some time for spoilers for the people who are reading the comic books currently. And um, what I've decided to do, because at first I was like just trying to catch up with old stuff to try to catch up current, and I get bored with that. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of trying to get through comics that typically like i mean let's be honest that i'm not interested in <laughs> uh 
And so now the way that I'm doing it is they do weekly new releases on Wednesdays on Marvel Unlimited, uh, the app. So it's just like going into a comic book shop on Wednesdays, new comic book Wednesday, and grabbing new comics. Except, you know, these ones are a few months delayed and uh, it's all electronic. So it's I still get enjoyment out of it, you know, and I still it, it scratches that itch of reading a new comic book on the new day. And hopefully that um, carries over to you guys. Wow, someone just destroyed that speed limit sign. Not like just now. I mean, I, I see it. It's all bent out of shape and stuff. Wow, th this is a treacherous road, apparently. But um, so, yeah, there's two comics I wanted to point out because they were really the only two comics I got got around to reading uh, yesterday. But the first one is Storm issue number one for 2023. I forget the writer and artist on both on both of these comics I'm going to talk about. But I remember the story and I remember how it made me feel. And that's what we're going to talk about. And so for me, if anyone's listened to any of my past uh, podcasts that I've ever done, like the first iteration of Bri-Fi and Small Town Nerd, I'm not a huge X-Men reader. I've just... Not that I don't find them interesting, it's just they've never really pulled me to their stories. Like, I know Wolverine, I know Colossus, I know Cyclops, I know Jean Grey, I know Storm. Like, I mean, I know the characters. I, I They've always crossed over into other books that I've read. But I've never had that, that pull to want to read X-Men books. But I saw story number one, I thought this would be a cool hopping on point, and I decided to check it out. I don't know if I was right or wrong in my decision. So the story is Storm is now leading the team of X-Men. Or she has her own special team uh, that she's leading with X with, with within the X-Men. And they are going to what looks like an amusement park to start fighting members of the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood, for what I can tell, is evil X-Men. Or like, you know, evil mutants that... Well, we won't say evil, but they definitely want... They don't want mutants to be on equal terms with humans. They want them to be better than humans. Whereas the X-Men, they're just looking for equal rights. Like, that, like you know, like quit harassing us. Let us just be us. And so that's kind of where I feel like the two factions are, where they sit and how, how they're handling things. Brotherhood, you know, they want what's best for mutants and damn everyone else and the x-men want what's best for everybody like they want everyone to be happy harmonious uh, hominous or whatever the word is harmonious there we go that's what i'm looking for homogeneous <laughs> i don't know what word i was looking for there but storm is going through a lot of issues with her team because one i guess she's been off doing her own thing she is like a queen over in africa i forget which uh country she's a queen of or you know like what she does over there it's not wakanda i don't or i think at one point she was like queen of wakanda i think that's a storyline too i don't know man comics are crazy and so and then she's had always had like long flowing white hair and things like that but now her image has changed she's like this cool biker chick with a mohawk and shit looks badass don't get me wrong but it doesn't sit well with everyone on the X-Men, which I kind of found interesting because, you know, I thought diversity and inclusion was their thing, but Kitty Pride seems really upset at Storm for some reason, which I didn't understand. And now Rogue, who was a part of the Brotherhood at one time, is now back on the side of the X-Men. And, you know, she kind of 
is pushing Storm a little bit too. So it's like there's like these inner struggles within the team that they're getting the job done, but they're definitely not making each other happy uh, during the fight, which, you know, typically you want to be able to trust your teammates and trust that they're going to make the right choices. But it seems like in this fight between them and the Brotherhood, you can see some contention. Even though there is some good teamwork, there there's definitely some back and forth between the members of the X-Men that kind of leads you to believe maybe things aren't exactly as good as they seem. And so when you lead into the story, like after the fight and things kind of calm down, Storm's trying to collect herself. She, she, she's, she knows she's a leader and she knows things aren't necessarily easy for every member of her team and she's starting to question her abilities how much she relies on them and just try and starting to question her leadership uh, which i think is kind of interesting like that that was the part of the story that i started to really get into i didn't really care for the fighting but i started to really get interested into storm's uh introspection on herself like her looking into herself about her, her own changes, uh, her reasoning for uh, why she made these changes, why she's now like this cool biker chick versus, you know, the storm of old. And it, I, I found that kind of interesting. What kind of threw me off about this book, and I think what will keep me from really going forward with it is, sadly, the artwork. At some points, it's kind of neat, kind of quirky, but for me, it feels sloppy. I, and, and it's not that it's actually sloppy work. I think it's just the art style and it doesn't really sit well with me. It feels like I'm reading an older comic, but you know, some people might love that. Some people might and might love and miss the feel of older comics. It definitely has like a nineties feel to me, which <laughs> older comic. I mean, I was born basically in the eight, late, late eighties. Basically I was born in the nineties, but it just has that nineties feel to me. And I don't know if that that's not really my favorite timeline of comics, to be honest. So storm number one, while it has a very interesting story, and I think it's going to have a great look at the character of storm moving forward. I don't really think it's for me as far as uh, giving it a, you know, a rating uh, here on the podcast. We do three, three ratings. You either have a positive charge, meaning it's good a neutral charge, meaning eh, it's, it's fine. It doesn't do anything too great or nothing wrong. And then you have a negative charge, which is I would not recommend this to my dead grandmother or, you know, something like that. Oh, now I'm sad because I reminded myself of my dead grandma. Anyway, <laughs> as for me, Storm is a neutral charge. Uh, I, th I think it does things right. Like, it it's a good story. I just think with the artwork, I just have no interest in it, you know, and I don't think I'm going to read it going forward. The next comic book that I did check out, though, is Daredevil and Elektra, issue number one from this year, 2023. And this story is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I've never really read a Daredevil comic either. So I was picking two comics that I've never really checked out before in the past and wanted to give them a shot. The Daredevil book, I think, is going to get more of a shot from me because I found it kind of interesting uh and definitely with the artwork in this book reminded me a lot of like what is it like a noir feeling it, it reminded me of like reading oh what was that book that robert kirkman did not the walking dead but with demonic possession 
Uh, oh, man, I can't remember. But it definitely had that kind of feel to it. It definitely mystery slash like noir feel that I really enjoyed. And in this comic book, uh, I guess Daredevil and Elektra are either a couple or just very good team members. I have not been following their storyline, so I don't know what the hell's going on there. But I really dig Elektra's costume because it's very Daredevil. It's like she's Daredevil Jr. <laughs> like she even has the DD on her like chest. Like she wears it as like, you know, that's her emblem, which I thought was kind of funny. But I actually not just her costume, but his costume as well. They seem very what what is the word? Like his almost seems like he's wearing like combat boots and cargo pants. So it seems very tactile. It seems very like this is a guy who went to like the tactical store, dyed all the cool clothes red, and is now wearing it. Like it just seemed like that to me. It, it seemed very real, not like tight spandex flying around with your fucking moose knuckle hanging out. Um, so I really enjoyed the aesthetic of the book and the look of the characters, like the character designs in this. And in this story, they're investigating a at this point now is a string of murders i guess three makes it a serial killer and where the person who is doing these murders conducting these murders is like taking a pound of flesh from people whether it's like an organ or skin and stuff like that it's like creepy and i really didn't expect that kind of thing to be happening in a daredevil book but here we are right um while this investigation is going on and Daredevil, Electra, well, Daredevil goes, he thinks he knows who might know who's a part of this. So he goes to see Echo, which, hey, she's getting her own Marvel show soon, so that's kind of neat. But while all this is happening in the present, the book takes us to the past. And by the past, I mean, like, I guess the late 1800s or early 1900s. Somewhere in that time frame, I think it's uh, late 1800s or mid 1800s, where the old Murdochs, the Murdochs of old, are dealing with their own issues in what would later become Hell's Kitchen, where Daredevil, you know, does his his round pound stuff. And so it's very interesting to kind of switch between the two, see how the past is affecting the future and the mystery of what actually happened in the past and how it connects to what's happening here in the present. So it's an interesting thing. It, I think I like it a little bit more because it's more of a mystery, but I love the aesthetic of the book, and I love how it's kind of making me feel, how it's making me think. I, I'm very interested in the characters, and I, I, I don't know if it's because I used to be religious, you know, that kind of draws me to Matt Murdock a little bit more. But I, I want to see what happens. I want to see how this plays out and how it's all going to work itself out. So Daredevil, 2023's Daredevil issue number one. Very interesting book. You definitely should check it out. That's it for the comic books. Let's uh, move into some other stuff that I had to talk about. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Up next, the thing i wanted to talk about holy shit this dude about to run a red light what the hell is going on with traffic today just coming up to an intersection dude stopped like in the middle of the goddamn intersection almost got hit him wow i this this is the most dangerous day of podcasting i've ever had <laughs> anyway moving on one of the other things that i've been really consuming this past week uh at least here recently 
is I've been playing the new Legend of Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, and I have been having an absolute blast. And I am only, mind you, I am only in the very first part of the game. I haven't even gotten, well, I just now got all of, like, the initial, um, abilities that you get there's one where you can grab any object it's like the metallic ability they used to have but now it applies to pretty much any loose object then you have uh what is it a rise which lets you go up and through solid objects so it's like a way to ascend or like climb without actual climbing i have the reverse time ability and then i have the fuse ability so those are like the new the new abilities that you get this game you get them pretty quickly on in the game without having to do much honestly so i'm really enjoying it. i think it's pretty pretty cool um the game itself is just fantastic i mean i don't know what other way to describe this game it is just absolute fantastic they took what made breath of the wild great kept that in the game and then expanded on the game they literally for the most part used the exact same map that Breath of the Wild has, then gave it an upper level and a basement level for you to also explore on top of that. And I've 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 barely scratched the surface of this game. In fact, I just made it to the surface of this game, like ground level of this game. I finally made it to that. You know, uh, I am currently in the process of editing like a a little video of this initial journey. So just like my foray into like the first parts of this game. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to stream it because I want to play it, you know, like, and to be honest, like streaming takes a lot of time and effort and I got to do that. I, sometimes I just want to sit back, veg and play the game. So we'll see how I handle this going forward. But it, it's an absolute blast, man. The ability to fuse things to weapons to make them stronger or give them like different levels of reach like one of my favorite things to do right now is just put spears and fuse them with other spears and now you have just the giant giant ass spear or like they have like big sticks that you can put swords or boulders on the end of them it's just it's so funny but it's also just super rewarding and it makes it i don't know man it just makes it better i don't know how else to describe that it's just it this game just feels so much better and it's exactly the same as breath of the wild it's just got more bells and whistles to it now and it's like i don't i don't know if you would call breath of the wild like a tutorial or like an intro into this game but like because i played breath of the wild and this game pretty much is just like a souped up hyper expansion of breath of the wild like it, it just flows so easily for me. I don't know, but I, I I'm just thrilled. I'm blown away by it. I am all levels of excitement for this game, and I can't wait to get even deeper into it because so far, even with just like the f not even five percent that I've played, it's probably even less than that. The like, but the small percentage of this game that I've played, I'm already in love with it. Graphically, it still looks great. Uh, gameplay, I've just told you, it's just spot on and so really haven't had an interaction with too many of like the npcs or the storyline so much so uh, that that will be what keeps me engaged because who's the villain you know like they talk about this person but it doesn't seem like it's ganon but it might like i don't know it, it, i'm curious to 
who the main villain is. I, I think we meet him in the first part of the game, but you know that's to be determined. I guess I, I assume that's who it is, but we will have to see. But it's been a blast. I love it. If you don't, if you have a Nintendo Switch and you don't have either Breath of the Wild. Well, you better have Breath of the Wild for damn sure, but you definitely want to look up Tears of the Kingdom because I think it's going to be well worth your while, man. And I can imagine myself spilling many hours into this game, you know, um, way more than Pokemon. Like, I love Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. Pokemon uh, Violet was everything that I wanted it to be, and that was it. Um <laughs> uh, which is still a good game, don't get me wrong. But for me, that game doesn't have replayability. It doesn't have something that keeps bringing me back that I'm just, like I'm not drawn or I don't feel compelled to keep playing Pokemon now that I've beaten it. Like I, I beat the, the gym leaders, and like the Elite Four and all that. Like I just don't have that desire to keep going but with breath of the wild and the exploration of it and the rewards that you get for exploring the whole map and stuff like that that's what keeps me preoccupied that's what will keep me engaged with this game for a lot longer than with the pokemon game and that's like what these like breath of the wild and now tears of the kingdom do right with their video game you know it it has it's complex it's simple but complex enough to be engaging and it's challenging enough to like want wanting you to improve like you feel rewarded like it, it is rewarding when you defeat a harder character like it just it doesn't feel like just someone who's just sponging all your attacks and like you just it doesn't feel like an endurance test it feels like there's actual strategy reward and for the things that you do in this game and that's why i enjoy it so much and that's why i'm just so excited to be playing it again or well for the first time but it feels like you know it feels like you're playing breath of the wild again but uh yeah so that's it for the video game stuff but let's get into the big review the big thing that i and I, we probably won't even spend that much time on it but it's like the one thing i was really excited to talk about this podcast and that's ant-man and the wasp quantum mania i say wasp Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Sorry, I probably like peaked the microphone there, but this is a movie that I've heard mixed things about. Some people said, "Yo, it's a, it's like it's great." Um, other people, well, I, I feel like the majority that I've heard of this movie is that people were underwhelmed with it. People didn't like it. It wasn't as good as the as the original or the first two. And so there was a lot of people that were kind of down on this movie. Me, I did not have any expectations. And probably subconsciously, due to the things that I've heard about this movie, I had lowered expectations going into this movie. Um, and I have to say, I think those lowered expectations made this movie way more enjoyable for me, or a much more positive surprise for me. Because I ended up really liking Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I thought, one, like, my initial thought was, this is a really solid movie. And it moves moves quickly. I never felt like it dragged on too much. And it, it tells the story that it wants to tell. I feel like there's not too much slack with it. Um, like, there's not too much fat to it. It's all lean meat, almost. And I, I really enjoyed that about the movie, you know. Um, with it... 
it's very quickly gets into the quantum realm like we don't lollygag to get there we get there fairly damn quickly in the movie and it's all because of scott lang's uh, daughter cassie uh cassie and this is all and this is like other effects of what they called the blip when thanos or the snap uh when thanos snapped his fingers got rid of people for five years and you know everyone else has to deal with it remember scott lang was actually in the quantum realm and stuck there because he i guess survived this thing. i don't and based on everyone's reaction in the quantum realm they were not affected by the snap but so you know uh, cassie who didn't have a father was trying to find him but knew i guess knew he was in the quantum realm so was studying and learning more and more about the quantum realm to try to find her father scott well, through that, she develops a way to communicate with the quantum realm, or would like to put a signal out there. That signal is what alerts our villain of this movie, Kang, to the presence of Earth and that our universe and dimension and stuff. And so that's what brings them in there. It turns out that um, Hank Pym's wife, is uh, it Janet Janet Van Dyne, or yeah, Janet. Um, like she has a history down there you know she was in there for 30 years uh, based off of what we learned of the first movie uh, she ends up getting lost in the quantum realm when she goes subatomic and spends like 30 years down there and so she's kind of like their link between their world and the quantum realm and kind of like introduces us to other characters and other players and Scott and Cassie get introduced to a whole nother faction that's against Kang and his group. And, like, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to spoil it. It's on Disney Plus right now. You can watch it if you have the service. And I recommend you do. If you've been on the fence about it and holding off on it, why? if you have Disney Plus, why are you wasting time not watching it? You know, it's essentially free for you. You're not going to have to pay anything extra to go watch it. So go check it out. I really enjoyed it. There's... Uh, of course, we know Modoc is in here, and the character that they, I did not recognize who they had to play Modoc. I'd only seen a few pictures, but when it's revealed who it is and how he became, like, actually kind of disturbing. But like his character and the character of Modoc is really funny because I don't think there's any other way you could kind of play this character who. Like, like, there's just no other way to do it. I think they did a very damn good job of doing it the way they did. Although, like, his... How do you... How would you say this? His... Like, the last moments of his screen time, screen time before he no longer has any more screen time... Uh, I don't know. Maybe got a little too jokey, but, like, I don't know. It's because of the character. And, and the character's probably not a little not all there because of the things that he's gone through but i thought it was fun i thought it was enjoyable i i think what was the big standout for me in this movie was the relationship between scott and cassie and um just getting to see them work together and work with and around each other was a lot of fun you know i i think other than that though a lot of what happens is kind of forgettable even like although Kang is supposed to be like the lead up to the next big Marvel movie event it just I don't know like his character like don't get me wrong the despite 
the actor's real life um, problems. I guess that's the one way to say it. Um, he acts fucking great in this movie. Like uh, he acts the hell out of Kang and leaves a lasting impression. You know, uh, the, his mannerisms, uh, the way the character is quietly intimidating. And I don't know if that's because he has per, like real world practice. Who knows? But um, I I enjoyed the character of Kane. I, I thought it was menacing. I thought it was somewhat like it was hard to tell based on the things that he information he was giving you versus his actions. Was he really the good guy in this scenario? Was or was he the bad guy? Like, was he the one that we needed to stop, or was he the one that we needed our help with? And so that was like the real interesting aspect of trying to figure out who Kang the Conqueror was in this uh, movie. And going forward, like I, I don't know what Marvel's plans are going forward with this. We've heard different rumors that the only reason why they decided to make this next set of phases surround Kang the Conquerors because of the actor's performance. Like we've heard rumors of that. So what was their original plan? Will they go back to that? Are they going to recast? Like what's going to happen? So that's kind of the questions going forward. I, but like I said, despite this guy's, uh, what is it? Jonathan Masters or Majors, Jonathan Majors. I think that's his name. Despite, you know, him being pretty much a dick and doing something awful like the acting portion of it was very good and like I don't know man like I didn't want to like it and I think that's why I it surprised me more that I liked it because it was just that good and I wish he was a good person who didn't do bad things because then we wouldn't be having this conversation we would all be really happy with what's going on and you know there would be no questions going forward we would be like hey and the wasp maybe not a hundred percent awesome, but was a great foundation for this next phases. But because of all the problems that I think are going to be coming forward with it now, you know, that leaves us with these questions of like, well, why did they do this and stuff like that? Overall though, I think this movie was very solid. It didn't run long. It had a lot of funny, it had funny moments without being too over the top funny. And, um, I think it had some good heartfelt moments in there. Like I said, the stuff with Scott and his daughter, I really enjoyed and I really loved their dynamic. I'm excited to see what Cassie does next. But I don't know, man. We'll have to see where the Marvel Universe goes from here. Like, what, where do they take the characters and how do they, how do they move forward? You know, like, that, that's going to be the big question for me. But I liked it. As far as the charge goes for this one, I definitely give it a positive charge for me. I think you should watch it. Like, I I strongly suggest you watch it if you've been on the fence because I think it will surprise you. No, it does not capture the magic of the first movie. I think what made the first movie great was not only, um, like, the character of Scott Lang, but his supporting cast. You know, they were really funny. It was a cool heist movie, and, like, we wanted a cool heist movie. I like I guess that's like what we want to see from our Ant-Man stuff because of the character of Scott Lang, you know, he's a thief, you know, a burglar. But 
now he's more than that. And they kind of address that in a little bit of a way. Like, they make jokes at him of being an Avenger, a quote-unquote Avenger and stuff like that. And so, like, there's some funny jokes on the character of Ant-Man that make the movie enjoyable and funny. And so that way, like, like, he Scott doesn't take himself too seriously, but... You can see the struggle. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot, though, guys. And I think if you watch it, you like it, too. So, I mean, I'm not... Look, I'm not a professional, okay? So don't don't take, like, don't take my words to the bank. Just know I'm a guy who's a fan of Marvel movies and just fun movies. And this movie was, one, a Marvel movie, and two, a fun movie. So there you go. That That's my review. It's a Marvel movie, and it's a fun movie. With that being said, that's really all that I had to talk to you guys about today. Hopefully you enjoyed everything. I'm just happy the rest of my drive home was uneventful. But uh, hopefully I can say the same for you guys, that you had a mostly uneventful day. Maybe even an enjoyable eventful day. Just not a bad eventful day. That's the only thing I don't want for you guys. I want you all to be happy and smiling and listening to my podcast. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, hey, you can like the podcast like there, there are buttons that you can press to say hey i like this thing if you're not subscribed please subscribe and if you want to you want to talk with me you want to throw comments my way or suggestions my way or things you think i should be checking out that you don't think i am you can always hit me up on all my social media everything is at bryfy podcast that's b-r-y-f-y podcast and um you can also find me on twitch where I stream games right now. I'm playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, if you haven't guessed. Uh, that is twitch.tv slash thebryfi. You can find me there doing that. And I'm on YouTube. Just search The Bryfi Podcast on YouTube. Eventually, you'll find one of my videos and everything. And I post highlights of me playing video games over there. So if you don't want to sit and watch Twitch videos for an hour or so, however I play, you can get a very quick version of that over on youtube where i condense the stream down into just like two two to three minutes so hopefully you guys enjoyed that and then also don't forget tomorrow friday through sunday that's may 26th through the 28th (laughs) 26th to the 28th i'll be at comic palooza at the george r brown convention center in downtown houston texas on saturday at 3 p.m i'll be on the comic or the main podcast stage so you can come down there's some chairs just take a break man i know lunch is just right before that you'll probably be you know a little full from eating so you probably want to take a nap go mimi's come to the show i'll be quiet we'll be enjoyable i'll just do a nice relaxing 45 minute set and then we can uh, move on for that i don't know what i'm gonna talk about i i know i kept telling you hey guys don't worry next week i'm gonna have an idea next week i'm gonna have plans and now it's next week and i have procrastinated the entire time and so we don't have any of those set but i promise i gotta figure something out because two days is the day i'm doing this on the podcast floor the panel floor so i gotta figure something out but that's it for the episode this week i will talk to you guys next week with a post recap of Comic Palooza 2023. Right fire out.